I shared with you earlier just how different uh, like cartoon movies were back in the day like when Walt Disney first made Snow White and Pinocchio we had those both those movies on DVD and I I have a three-year-old daughter and um, I recently watched Pinocchio with her and I was like wow there's a lot of really lewd behavior and sketchy stuff going on in this movie. Yeah, there, there's a reason a lot of people think that Walt Disney actually hated kids. Because <laughs> he's, he's putting out all these movies yeah. to just, like, frighten. To scare the daylight. Yeah, well, I mean, everything from, you know, Pinocchio being led away by the, the fox and the cat duo and, to, you know, totally being all... Uh, you know, it's like it's like the classic, you know, sketchy kidnapper in the white van type mm-hmm. of, you know, type of thing. Except, you know, they're taking him to this big uh, giant puppeteer dude who makes him perform for money. So now we're talking about child labor laws, yeah. you know, I mean, slaves. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, child slaves mm-hmm. and and trafficking of humans. Yeah. And and then, you know, he gets put in this he gets put in this, uh, you know, cage thingy traveling all around and then before long before long he is taken again and then sold uh to this dude whose main purpose is to bring him to pleasure island where he smokes and where he drinks (laughs) and plays billards and you know pool and gambles and whatever else and then he turns into a donkey and, and the whole reason why this guy takes these boys is so that they'll turn into donkeys so that they can go into the salt mines and work for him I'm just like, oh, and then the the whole whale thing, you know. Okay, yeah, let's let's make our children absolutely afraid of ever going in the water because you never know when a giant whale is going to come swallow <laughs> you alive. Yeah. Um, oh, and don't forget about the fact that if all else fails, you have your conscience, except for the fact that Jiminy Cricket is probably the worst conscience I've ever seen because during the course of the movie, he abandons him three times and says, fine, you just do it on your own. Mm-hmm. What kind of conscience is he? <laughs> and then the stupid blue fairy gives him some award at the end, some like number one conscience award for yeah. being like the lousiest guy on the planet. Um, and all he sings is some memorable song. Uh, anyway. Yeah, we've... Uh 
we're talking about this, but my daughter actually has nightmares about being trapped in a cage <laughs> anytime we watch Pinocchio. So, <laughs> so we don't. There's some movies we stay away. Monsters Inc. That movie scares her too. Oh yeah, well yeah, that Monsters first yeah closet, that first yeah. scene mm-hmm. you know where the the kids all in the room and thinks he sees like the monster. It, it's ironic that a that a kid's movie would scare a kid. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, but I know the point, and you know when you when you're maybe six years old or older you can kind of it kind of might help you get over being scared of monsters because you know they're they're just these friendly creatures that are coming to get a scream right so they can generate electricity right they just want to power their town yeah yeah. give the guys a break yeah so (laughs) (laughs) i don't know oh it is it's wild being a parent now like my filter is totally different you you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. i used to watch you know, everything from cartoons, you know, uh, uh, Pinocchio and movies like Monsters, Inc., or even just like Tom and Jerry cartoons. Um, and then you watch them as a parent and you're like, I don't know if I want my child right. watching this. Yeah. You know, this is um, another real quick classic example, Snow White. That's a legitimately scary movie for a kid. I mean, the scene where she's running through the forest, uh, the scene where, you know, the witch turns herself into the old hag. Um, I mean, all that stuff is very, very scary, um, and I mean, it's it's a it's a cute movie. And so, what we do is we just watch like the cute parts, like the parts with the dwarves, mm-hmm. the parts where the they're they're singing, you know, hi ho, yeah, whistle while you work, yeah. Look at that, you got it, man. Yeah. Which, by the way, I don't know. If we're watching America's Got Talent. Yeah. But some hand whistler, old lady. Has made it through like to like the final round. <laughs> How is she still there? She's, I mean, she just whistles with her hands and like, and I'm sitting there, I'm just blown away. And of course, they've let some other ridiculous people through. Yeah. I just can't figure out what they're, what kind of, if they have any kind of criteria that they're using to judge people. But like, she's whistling, what was she whistling? Somewhere over the rainbow. And she's like, she's not quite getting up to the high note and not quite getting down to the low note. <laughs> she's not quite hitting it. And I'm like, come on. You're not even it's making like, the notes. I can do better than that and I don't even have to use my hands. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. She, you should be on America's <laughs> Got Talent. <laughs> but, but she's like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she's okay in the middle, but then when she tries to get those high notes, no, over the rainbow. Come on, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. funny stuff. Yeah. And, so and they're, and they're not letting some legitimately good people through. And that person should have made it. Yeah. They should have. Well, you, you know, my theory is some of these producers, uh, they you know they have like yeah. the the people that they really want. So then you surround them with people that aren't nearly as good. So America votes for. Yeah, they have people they really want, and then they have the other people that they think make really good TV. Right, and right. Then, you know, it's the entertainment value. And if they didn't let this hand whistler lady through, I wouldn't be talking about it right now. Exactly. See, it, it's yeah. water cooler talk, mm-hmm. because here we are in a podcast about worship music talking about hand whistlers. Yeah. So. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Anyway. So today we are talking about um, something that Blues. perhaps perhaps has affected uh it reminds me of that episode of uh, of the Cosby Show. When uh, did you ever watch the Cosby Show? I did as a kid. It's been a long time. When uh, when Theo gets the blues, you know he starts, he has to sing the blues. Oh, about uh, about his girlfriend or something like that. Oh, like, Justine, 
ingesting. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, or the episode of The Office where Daryl teaches Michael how to sing the blues after Michael and Holly break up. Yeah, that was good too. By the way, this last this coming season is is uh the it's the end of Steve Carell. Yeah, he's gone after. What's this up season. with that? So I'm I'm guessing The Office will be gone after. Yeah, because what what's The Office without Steve? Yeah, well, and without any of the main characters, they would have a hard time carrying on. I mean, if they lost Dwight or Jim and Pam, yeah, and Andy, maybe. But especially right. Steve Carell. Yeah. I mean, Michael Scott is the office. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, uh, the the stuff between Dwight and Jim is funny, but man, I mean, Steve Carell just makes that show. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. I I was sad to hear that too because mm-hmm. I'm a huge Office fan. I love the Office. Yeah. I think it's hilarious. Which we just we we just wrapped up watching Friends. We have all the Friends seasons on DVD. <laughs> and every time we how get many to seasons that finale, was that? Was it? That's ten. Yeah, ten seasons. Wow. Yeah, I just I go through this like week of depression every time we finish <laughs> watching Friends. <laughs> hey, which is a perfect segue to what we're talking about: yes. uh, the blues, depression. What happens when you, as a worship pastor, get in a little bit of a funk? When you're in a funk. So here's what started it for me. Uh, what started me thinking about it um, yesterday, Sunday, um, I I had a kind of just not 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 in a not an off day. It it was just it was just emotionally hard. I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on in the service. We were we were kind of uh, paying homage and and uh, um, honoring you know uh, some some people in our church. Uh, one of the, one of the people, someone who uh, a dear friend of mine who passed away, uh, he was a sound man and and um, uh, he he was uh, it was always his dream before he died to have a new sound system in our church and and so his his uh, late wife or sorry his widowed wife, um, she she donated a bunch of money to put in a new sound system so we were doing that whole thing and then at the end of the service we were saying goodbye to a family who was moving. And just like all these really emotional things, and I just I, I I got you know I got home from church, and just I just felt just kind of like depressed, kind of sad, just emotional, and I'm still feeling a little funky. But in a good way, it's good that you feel that way. Yeah, because I mean, wouldn't it be sad if like if you said goodbye to people and you didn't feel anything about You're like, it? You know, see ya. Like how many churches go through something like that on a regular basis? People right. people leave and. It's like, you know, who? who well, are, are they? Huh? Are know, they who? gone? Who? Like, you know, you're celebrating, you know, Stan and yeah, just the awesome guy that he was. Like, you know, it, it's good to feel that way, even though it's painful. Yeah, even though it but, brings you down. But take it one step further. Um, so, uh, you know, yeah, maybe. So maybe today I'm I'm feeling a, a healthy level of depression or whatever you want to call it. Um, but understand and for those of you who have been in the ministry for a while you all know like there there's times uh maybe even weeks months seasons where it's just you're discouraged for one reason or another we're here in the summer months i know david you know i, I mean we were talking about just it can be hard trying to keep the worship ministry going trying people to have a team on the weekend <laughs> right and people are gone, gone people are gone on vacation mm-hmm. And I think I think probably your church more than more than mine. Uh, your church sees a definite, uh, you know, loss of of people during those summer months. And I mean, it can be really hard. It can be really challenging. It can be discouraging. So 
Anyway, what, what do you do? It's especially discouraging when, when Monday rolls around. Right. And you've just put in all this energy to get something together. You know, maybe not, you know, maybe not like a grand weekend, but you put in but all something. this energy to get something. something on a weekend. And then on Monday morning, you find out again, you know, you got to do the exact same thing again the next week. Here we go. Yep. And, and there's no let up, you know, it's week to week to week to week. You know? Yeah. So what do you, so what do you do? Are when... you discouraged yet? Maybe we need to discourage people a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Can, can we, can we depress about. people? <laughs> just a little bit more before we offer any sort of hope. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but I mean, seriously, you know, what do you do when, when you have just that, that kind of discouragement or you have that you're in just a little bit of a funk, you're kind of emotional, you're feeling just like you're just wrestling, you're struggling. How do you face Monday? You know, what happens when you have a case of the Mondays? Yep. We were talking about that. Well, I think, I think it was Dr. Harper, but probably a lot of people have said this, but you know, at Multnomah, I remember people saying, sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is take a nap. Mm. You know, then you're, when you're pushing yourself all all the time, when you're working, you know, however many hours a week, and, and you work that same amount of hours every single week, and and it gets discouraging like it is right now, like maybe the best thing you can do is just go take a nap. and Rest. And rest. And rest. when you wake up, Oh, the big problems aren't quite as big anymore. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I when I finally got home on Sunday, I got home like three, three o'clock or so, three thirty. Like I, I literally, I changed out of my clothes and I, I just, I lay down in bed and I fell asleep. Mm-hmm. I was gone until like seven o'clock. Man, I finally, I finally uh, got up at seven. I'm like, oh my gosh, Melanie, have I been asleep that whole time? <laughs> Well, and there's there's something that maybe a lot of people don't understand, but you know, my wife has a hard time understanding this. But you know, if you're not a people person, mm. and you're you know you're up in front of people, that actually, I mean, they've done like studies on that to see about how that drains you. It can and be like, draining. Like uh, one study I read a long time ago said basically for every hour you spend like on a stage in front of people, it it's like takes four hours of of like energy from you. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. So if you, so if you're on stage for an hour on a weekend, it's like having worked for four hours, you know, or putting in some time. Yeah. So like, so that takes a lot out of you. And then, you know, then you're trying to be encouraging to people as they're, as you're talking to them before and after the service. Right. You're trying to build up your team and you're trying to thank them for all their Mm -hmm. hard work because they're volunteering their time. Right. And so, so then you're just like totally giving, giving, giving. You have to have you have to have some point so where you stop and and refill you know take a nap and and then what yeah so so I think maybe the the first lesson you know first action item here you know I think that's a great point as ministry leaders you are giving a lot and, and that's that's just part of it you know and that's I, I think we all kind of signed up for that you know we we know going into it that you're gonna be serving you're gonna be giving. But David, I think you said a great thing. Make sure you're making time for yourself. And for some people, man, that's taking a nap. Take it, mm-hmm. get some rest. For other people, I, I know um, Mike, uh, our our senior pastor, Laura with Mike Wild. He he always says, you know, find find that thing that relaxes you. You know what what is it that really helps you recharge your batteries? Like for Mike, it's fishing. 
You know, Mike just loves going out there and fishing. For me, I, I can think of nothing more boring than sitting out there <laughs> in the water for, you know, five hours hoping to get, like, a nibble or yeah, whatever. and I don't like getting my hands dirty, so I don't like having <laughs> to put the worm on the hook or, like, getting yeah, the fish off the yeah, hook. Yeah, and, and, and Mike just loves it. I mean, yeah. he loves sitting out there, just him, you know, he, he gets his little floaties on or whatever, you know, whatever they're called. Yeah, I've had a lot of people ask, if you know, you want to go fishing with me sometimes? Like, well... I'll go. I don't want to fish, but I'll go and like talk or like uh, yeah, take I'll, pictures or something. I'll, I'll sit in the boat or I'll sit on the beach yeah. and read a book or yeah. whatever. But yeah, you know, find find what recharges your battery. You know what I found really recharges my battery, which I know sounds ironic, um, but for but for me, it's it's playing the piano, uh, which is weird because you know that that's what I do in music. You know, music ministry. I'm I'm I play piano. I lead from the piano. But for me, being able to sit at the piano and just play music that isn't like worship music or or isn't something we had to do on Sunday, just being able to just sit down and play my own music, mm-hmm. like I love that. You know, I, I found that actually really recharges my batteries. Yeah, for me, writing songs does a lot of that. Where you know, it's, I, I end up, I feel energized when I'm done yeah. with something, not not drained. But, um, you know, one of the things, you know, so we've got take a nap, find something enjoyable to do. Another thing that I that I recommend is is finding a pastor out there in podcast land that you like to listen to and listen to them every week. Or Mm -hmm. you're even maybe finding a worship service. A lot of churches have their whole worship service online and find a place to to watch and attend a worship service on like go on Monday morning. And and they go to your worship service with this other church online, and so you, so you have a time to go participate in a church where you had nothing to do with the planning. Yeah, you know, go go and listen to a sermon where you don't know anything about what's going to be preached beforehand. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we 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 plan the entire service right, and so we, we know kinda... about the sermon, and so like when yeah. we actually hear the sermon, there there's not a whole lot of surprise in it. There's not a whole lot of mystery to it but when you go and listen to someone else that you have no idea you weren't involved in the planning process then it's like it's like actually going what our people experience when they right and and it's true because as a worship pastor i i don't yeah very rarely am i actually like sitting and being a part of a worship service um you know because even even when i have other people on my team lead I've still been working with them, you know, like that whole week mm-hmm. or two or sometimes even three weeks, you know, prior, um, you know, I've been working with my co-leaders and, and my, my team, you know, my team leaders to put the service together. But, um, man, to just be a part of a, of a worship service, uh, that's something, that's something that I think is important for all of us to do. And, and even if that just means, like you said, getting online or something that I've found, I've found helpful I try to go to like a conference a year, um, you know, just find something that that's going to be practical. Uh, you know, a lot of those conferences, they, they have those, you know, plenary session times where everyone's together and, you know, they're just leading in music and those are always really refreshing. Well, uh, yeah. And another thing, and, and I'm not just saying this because it's a podcast and it's our podcast, but, (laughs) but doing this, you know, listening to this podcast, yes, finding other worship podcasts, Rubbing shoulders with other worship leaders, you know. Every t- every time we meet, I feel a lot more energized when we're done meeting to go and conquer, you know, worship I ministry in our it. church than than when this. you know the weeks that we don't or beforehand. You know, but, but like when we're done, it's like, oh wow, you know, 
Like well, we, we can support each other and build one another up, and then we feel like we can actually go do what we're right. supposed to do. Well, afterwards. it's like I was saying. I mean, wh- when you emailed me this morning, you're like, "Hey, you want a podcast?" I'm like, "I'm like, man, it'd be really nice because you know, like, I'm I'm just not I'm not feeling very mm-hmm. good today. I, I'm feeling kind of in a funk. It, it's it's a great chance for me to just get out of the office to rub shoulders with you and. And, and of course, we ended up having this like super engaging dialogue. <laughs> you'll you'll have to listen to last week's episode. Um, David and I had you know quite quite a long conversation about technology and worship planning center online and all these different things. But but you know those are those kind of engaging conversations that that get me thinking. And um, you know when when we when we work alone or when we work in isolation, um, I, I think it's a lot easier to get discouraged as opposed to when you have people around you. So I, I think there's another point, another action item. Of don't do it alone. You know, mm-hmm. ministry isn't meant to be done alone. And, and I'm not just talking about having people at your church. I think it's good to have people outside your church. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I got, I got a guy who who's been mentoring me for a while. You know, we meet together. You know, once every couple months, and and it, it's just it's good for me to just like hear his ideas and, um, you know, th- those are rich times. Mm-hmm. Um. Allow yourself to have fun, <laughs> like, and, a, and maybe that means rearranging your schedule a little bit for the summer. Yeah, because part of the part of maybe the discouragement could come from it's super nice outside and I'm stuck inside working. All right. So, but what if you you know we have we have a little more flexible schedule in worship you know in, in ministry world. So, so what if we got up earlier and came to work and left earlier so that we could go do something in the early afternoon and evening with our families or even by yourself or, you know, or something or, or, you know, or just have some people over for dinner or go out and do something fun. You know, you know, if, you know, everyone else in the world right now is using the summer to, to escape, to vacate themselves from, from reality for a while. So, so do that yourself, you know? Yeah. And, and even, Having planned times of vacation, I mean, Melanie and I just got back from a vacation. Uh, we went to Bend, Oregon, Central Oregon, and and it was great. Um, I love Bend. It was it was awesome. We had a wonderful time. Weather was perfect there, um, and of course, then coming back is hard because <laughs> I think that's part partly why you know I mean I, we came back in time to to do the Sunday service. And then, you know, that that was kind of an emotionally draining service. And then, you know, I've been kind of feeling funky ever since. And I think part of it is just like trying to get back into, right. you know, the routine. So, uh, yeah, there's pros and cons. But having said that, being able to have that time with my wife was really good, like to, to rest, to relax. Um, I think we as a society... American culture. I don't think we do as good a job at relaxing as maybe we should. Oh, we don't. Or I, resting I read a study or about whatever. That, uh, like some results of a study. I didn't actually read the study, but <laughs> but how um, we we have like like a a fourth maybe like of of the rest slash vacation time as other countries around the world. Mm. Like like we, you know we'll take we'll take on average what a three or four weeks a year of vacation. Oh yeah. If you're lucky, I yeah. mean, man, some people don't even do that. And like the, the average for other countries around the world is like two months wow. of vacation. Plus they have like all kinds of holidays built into their, 
schedule. You know, maybe that might that might not be true for every other country. But right. But yeah, Americans typically, you know, workaholics. Work, they, they work hard, and especially in ministry. I mean, everyone who who is in ministry, who's a worship pastor. I mean, you, you guys know, like, like it's not it's not a nine to five job. I mean, it's. Well, I'd venture to say that anyone around the world in ministry. Right, venture, you know, was in a is in the same position, yeah, because because it's different than just a job, right, right, yeah, and you know, sometimes you're putting in long hours, and I mean, you know, there's nights I'm at the church, you know, until I don't know, until it gets dark and whatever, and and I, you know, I I think that that can all play into just that attitude of of discouragement and, and feeling you know a little depressed or whatever, and so taking that time to, you know, like you were saying, maybe rearranging your schedule a little bit or taking some actual designated vacation time, um, you know, good things to help recharge your batteries. Well, and I, I know you're working on this and I'm working on this too. And, but you know, I did the exact same thing as you, where I took the, we took the week off and then came back and did the weekend, but you know, we, we need to all be training people to lead on the weekends right. so that we can take a weekend off. So we don't have to go to be there on Sunday, right? Because that that is the that's the most draining part of what we do. I, at least for me, that's I could, I, sh- I should only speak from my own experience. But oh, I'm yeah, the most drained after our Saturday and Sunday services, you know. No. So, but but having somebody else do that and and just be gone and not doing that, and you know what this this might sound heretical and you know you can send me emails sacrilegious but if you if you have a chance to take vacation don't feel like you have to go to church what on the weekend don't that you're go off. to church what <laughs> what and, and I, it's not just because you know it's not it's but we do it all the time you know we're 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 immersed in it if i i think if you're going to go to church you ought to go somewhere completely different, you know. That's night and day from what you experience. Yeah, like go to some, like go, go some like Lutheran church. Yeah, or if you're a contemporary church, go to a Lutheran church. If you're Lutheran, go to a contemporary church. You know, if you're a contemporary, go church, to a Mennonite church. Yeah, go That'd find be fun. A, go find an emergent church. Or, there you go. You know, something something that's just totally different from what you experience, so that it actually feels refreshing. It's not like oh, something this is the exact same thing that we do at our church. Something How does different. this help? Yeah. No, you, you know, it's funny. You say you were talking about. Not going to church when uh, last year, last summer, Mel, Melanie and I, we went to Hawaii uh, for our anniversary. And um, if I remember correctly, we went like we went like Wednesday to Tuesday or something like that. And the last thing on my mind was going to church mm-hmm. on Sunday. I'm, I, I think we ended up going to like the Pearl Harbor exhibit or something mm-hmm. on sun, on that on that day. But um, no, I mean it's it's okay. It's okay because. Yeah. I mean, realistically, you know, if you are in ministry, you're, you're not missing a whole lot of Sundays, mm-hmm. um, and it's fine. It's fine to miss. Yeah. So give yourself that permission. There you go. Everyone else in the congregation gives themselves that permission. <laughs> so why not? Once or twice a month. You know? I know. I know. You're like, what? You haven't been to church in a while. <laughs> um, except you know what I love though. What? And this is off topic, but I love it when someone says, comes up to me and says. We haven't done this in a while. I haven't seen this person in a while. We, you know, we haven't done this or that in a while, and they've been at church like half of the weekends for oh, the I last know. six months. I know. Like, I, I I've had oh, that. We did co- that. You just weren't here. Yeah, I've I've had a couple of times where they're like, you know, they're like, oh, you know, it'd be really nice. If we, I'm like, oh, we actually did that. Whatever. Oh, well, I wasn't at church that yeah. Sunday. I've well, had that happen with hymns, especially. It's like, <laughs> oh, I'd love to do this hymn. And it's, 
Yo, it seems like we haven't done that for a long time. We just did that two or three weeks ago. Maybe you should come to church. <laughs> oh, funny. Of course, it, then there's like the ultra radical extreme, the opposite extreme, where uh, th- there there was this guy at our church, and and you know him, but he you know he was there every single Sunday, and I, I mean, which is kind of cool. Um, but I mean, he took it to like the extreme, you know, where where it, it was you know almost kind of like an ownership thing, mm-hmm. and. Um, and I remember talking to him, and you know he'd been going to Laurelwood for like 18 years, and in 18 years he missed three Sundays. I, I mean, literally in 18 years he yeah, was only gone for three Sundays. Extreme. Which yeah, that is a little extreme. Which, you know, that's that's how I grew up. You know, we grew up anytime the church doors were open, we you were, were supposed there. to be there. And even if you're on vacation, you know you're supposed to be at church, or you know. If, if someone found out you went on vacation and you didn't Whoops. find a church, you know, you were in big trouble. Or, you know what, our people, our attendance people would go back and revise attendance from the previous week if they found out that somebody who was gone was in a church. <laughs> Are you serious? I'm dead serious, yeah. Like, well, like, that, that person wasn't here, but they were worshiping. Like, yes, because so we had the Sunday school attendance record kind of a thing, you know, and so, so you get this little pen if you had perfect attendance. And then, like, if you got, you know, if you kept getting perfect attendance, wow. you get a little banner that would hang off of the pen, you know. So, like, there was, wow. there was this one guy. Are you kidding me? I'm like, this serious. is this is serious? Dead serious, yeah. Wow. So, like, there was this guy. He had, like, the pen in, like, 19 And this isn't years. just for, like, the kids. This is, like. Everybody, yeah. Wow. And so, like, so they kept attendance for that. And so, but if if you were gone, but you still went to Sunday school at another church. I want to keep my perfect attendance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Oh, but, uh, but you know, probably a lot of people have been raised that way, where it, Times you have feel changed. this pressure that it's, it's, it's not okay to miss church. But it, it's it, it, it's interesting. I think you know. I think you're right. It, it very much is. Uh, it very much is kind of a generational thing. Like I remember my grandpa um, when he was alive. You know, we we went out to eat one. We took him, and my grandma, out to eat, and uh, and I, I remember. Yeah, I remember him like eating. Oh. Time's up. <laughs> no, I remember him. I remember him eating all his food, and and uh, like licking his plate clean. And I'm like, oh wow, man, you finished it, Grandpa. He's like, well, yeah, I grew up in the Great Depression, mm-hmm. and it like, I, like you have to eat your food. You you eat your food. The the thought of not eating all your food is unheard of because mm-hmm. they didn't have food, you know, right. as much. So. But anyway, so there's a few helpful things. Yeah, Practical hopefully that advice. helps you. Hopefully that helps you out if you're discouraged or in a funk. Don't don't take it as a a complete list of these are things that you do and they'll be because everyone's different and everyone will have a little different thing that's going to help. So, yeah. So, but maybe maybe take it as a little encouragement of things that you could do that, to help you out if you're going through that right now. Yep. So hey, uh, get in touch with us online worshipministrycatalyst.com. You can send us an email to David at worshipministrycatalyst.com or Kevin at worshipministrycatalyst.com. And uh, we'd love for you to join our our network, our directory of worship leaders that we're trying to build of worship leaders around the world. Yes. So go check that out online. You can go uh, fill out out a little form and then your name will show up in our directory. And then you'll, uh, as it grows and develops, there will be people there. You'll be able to find people in your area who are worship leaders that you can go connect with and encourage one another and and network with. So awesome. So, hey, have a great week. Encourage yourself. Take some time to rest. And, uh, We'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Episode 69 in the game.